have to go back! everyone and welcome back to the flashback flicks retro movie podcast i'm ricky i'm grayson and today we 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 listened to your votes on social media and it was an, a unanimous <laughs> vote yeah <laughs> we're reviewing the 1999 live action movie inspector gadget no one voted for terminator rise <laughs> of the machines uh but you know, thanks, thanks, thank you for uh, for voting, and I, and I like the idea of us doing this. We might not do it every week, but maybe we'll do it a couple of times a month just mm-hmm. to see what you really want to listen to. So thank you, and make sure that you follow us on social media so you can be a part of the poll and select the movies that we review in the future. We are at Flashback Flicks, but without further ado, we are going to review this. This little piece of cinema that will be making its way to Disney Plus in a couple of months. Oh, glad I paid four bucks for it now. <laughs> so, <laughs> so close. <laughs> so, Inspector Gadget, much like the Adams family, is a very interesting property. So, we are going to go back and give you a little bit of history of the cartoon that this live action movie is based on, and then we will go into the history of this movie. So the animated series Inspector Gadget dates back to 1982 and it follows a bumbling detective who needs lots of help and luck to solve cases assigned by short-tempered Chief Quimby. That help comes from his young but smart beyond her years Penny and a faithful dog Brain who has a human IQ. Uh, And also Inspector Gadget is basically the six million dollar man. The show has been described as a mix of the six million dollar man and Inspector Clouseau from the Pink Panther animated uh, serials and um, and also Get Smart. And they got Don Adams to voice the title character Inspector Gadget, uh, who was the star of Get Smart. Uh, So basically the cartoon show was Actually, uh, Deke Entertainment's uh, very first animated series. And Deke, at the time, did a bunch of commercials. And they were just like a at animation house. But they wanted to get into American animation. And they were based in Paris. I remember Deke from the Sonic the Hedgehog uh, or the Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog animated series. They went on to make a bunch of other animated series. that, But Inspector Gadget was uh, the first one. And the theme song was just so iconic. The... Inspector Gadget. And the show basically followed uh, Inspector Gadget. Uh, He has a bunch of non-lethal slapstick crime-fighting tools um, inside of his human body. And he can activate them all by saying, go, go, Gadget, and then name the tool he wanted. But one of the biggest things that is a distinction for me as a go, go, Gadget uh, geek was that he basically had artificial intelligence inside of his body that was smarter than him. So mm-hmm. he would call out things like, go, go, gadget, roller skates. And a rocket would like blast off or something because it knew that that was the smarter thing to do and not him. So I think just a common misconception of the Inspector Gadget is that his gadgets didn't work, but it was that his gadgets were smarter than them. But See, I always thought it was more that he, there was like a very set list of verbal commands that he just didn't have access to. It's like trying to get Siri to do exactly what you right. want them to do. Right. Or it's like, hey, Siri, go, go, gadget. <laughs> I'm not sure I understand. 
classic. Okay. I thought that was what was going on this whole time. Absolutely. So that makes that makes sense though that he has a smarter version uh in his head. It's kind of like the unseen character of the series. Yes. Speaking of unseen characters, um his big nemesis was uh Dr. Claw, yeah. who and I watched this really cool kind of behind the scenes retrospective. It was imperative to the show that Every episode you thought you were going to see Dr. Claw because you only saw his right arm um, inside this big giant chair and you never mm. saw him. Yeah, he was like Wilson from Home Improvement. Exactly. Like yeah. pretty much every episode Dr. Claw was on a mission to like steal some artifact um, or like do something fairly nefarious. And... Uh, Inspector Gadget would be put on the case, and he's not necessarily the most qualified, um, but Pity and Brain always solved the mystery, and Inspector Gadget tended to always bumble into somehow stopping it, becoming Dr. Claw's arch nemesis, to which he always ended each episode with, I'll get you next time, Gadget, next time. And you always wow, that thought... That was a great Rupert Everett impression. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Uh, and so... Every episode, it was imperative that you thought that this was going to be the episode you actually saw Dr. Claw's face, which you never saw until the series actually ended. Uh, And in 1992, they released an action figure with Dr. Claw's full action figure. You saw Always the action figures. (laughs) And so um, the animated series ran from 1983 to 1985, airing a total of 86 episodes produced by Deke Entertainment. Uh, And it was in syndication well into the 90s. And then ultimately, uh, it was it had a series of spinoff shows, including um, Gadget Boy and Heather and Gadget and the Gadgetinis. And then in 2015, it had another animated series um, on Netflix that you can actually watch now simply called Inspector Gadget, but before that, there was the revival in 1999, making his big screen debut, starring Matthew Broderick and uh, Rupert Everett, we have Inspector Gadget. So, the movie follows um, basically the origin story of Inspector Gadget, something that they never really addressed in the animated series, but an official 1991 trading card uh, said that Inspector Gadget was just an ordinary police inspector named John Brown, which was news to me because everyone just calls him Gadget. I just thought it was a family name. Like, he's Inspector Gadget, and it just yeah. so happens to be like he, he could have been Dr. Gadget. <laughs> right. Professor Gadget. Please, yeah. Mr. Gadget's my father. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> call me Inspector. Uh, but his original name, and even Penny calls him Uncle Gadget. So I was very confused uh, by mm. them calling well, that's him convenient. Uncle yeah. Brown. It's like how people get named after what they did in like medieval times. <laughs> yes. Like Smith. You know, they were a right. blacksmith. Yeah. Yeah, um, he is a, a an inspector of gadgets, so his name is <laughs> Inspector Gadget. Ah, uh, I come from a long line of gadgets. <laughs> My father was a gadget. My father's father was a gadget. His father before him was a gadget. And his father's father before that father was a watch. Um, <laughs> we married into the gadget family line, you see. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Tinker Taylor Gadget Spy. <laughs> But the origin of uh, how Inspector Gadget got all his gadgets was he was just an ordinary police inspector named John Brown who fell down a flight of stairs after slipping on a banana peel. That's what the trading card said. Uh, Mm. When he awoke from an operation, he had more than 
13,000 crime-fighting gadgets attached to his body. Uh, and so they actually dove deep and pulled that story out into this live action film. And this was actually in works at another studio before Disney got its hands on it. Originally, um, in 1993, was originated at Universal Studios with Ivan Reitman producing mm. and Jeff Loeb and Matt Weinstein as the writers. Um, I can't even imagine what that would have been. Uh, but Capital Cities, who owned Deke Entertainment at the time, was bought by Disney. And so Disney eventually hired David Kellogg because his directorial stuff is great. Uh, he is best known for the adventures of Seinfeld and Superman TV commercials and the Vanilla Ice film Cool as Ice. And so they decided that the most important meal of the day... Is getting David Kellogg to direct your film? <laughs> yeah, I really feel good about that. A lot of that on his name. Yeah, <laughs> that's quite a vertical leap for him too. That, that's impressive. Yeah, yeah, it's almost like he had those extendo legs that Inspector Gadget had. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Originally, uh, the role of Gadget was written for Kevin Klein, um, but he wow. would later on get his uh, Gadget fix in Wild Wild West. Um, mm. And Brendan Fraser was also considered for the role of Gadget, but turned it down to work on George, George, Georgia, the jungle friend to you and me. And mm. Tim Curry yeah. was considered for the role of Claw. Tim Curry? Yes. Oh, man, he just keeps popping up. He does, like a clown in a storm drain. He just okay. can't help himself. I'm scared now. <laughs> um, Lindsay Lohan was also... Uh, considered for the role of Penny, but turned it down to work on The Parent Trap. Oh, um, yeah, 99. Yeah. yeah. And, Grayson, maybe my favorite mm-hmm. fact about this movie is that it is the last Laserdisc to be released from the Walt Disney home video. So if you own a Laserdisc copy of Inspector Gadget, DM us. We want it. <laughs> we'll pay an abnormal amount of money for it, even though it will be included on Disney+. Plus. Disney+. Plus. The future is Laserdisc. So this movie was actually a moderate box office success uh, with a budget of $90 million. It made $134 million in the box office, um, but it got a ton of negative reviews from critics. But it did well enough to spin a direct-to-video sequel called Inspector Gadget 2 back in the gadget. Uh, that's not the <laughs> was actual. It really? Oh, no, okay. I'm sorry. I wish it was though. Oh. Um, Inspector Gadget Two Factory Recall. <laughs> oh, that now that that would be the great one. Uh, and um, none of the original cast uh, returned except for D.L. Hughley. Uh, but then French Stewart, um, you know everyone's favorite human cartoon character, uh, took on the role of Inspector Gadget. And um, and so that's where we are today with this movie and a little history on the the several footprints that led to Inspector Gadget. Yeah, I should also say that it uh, was nominated for a Blockbuster Entertainment Award for a favorite really? family film. No way. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so it, I think it was loved by by the people that saw it. But critically, this is not the kind of movie that was going to you know win hard-nosed critics over um but i think there's a nostalgia factor here that I'm, i know you enjoy i definitely enjoyed it rewatching it and um it feels like and similar to george of the jungle it feels like a live action cartoon absolutely 
so it, it was it was fun to see and uh i saw this in theaters uh when it first came out but ricky i would be doing myself mm-hmm. and maybe just myself a disservice <laughs> if i did not uh if i did not mention my closest tie to this movie oh please do um, I mean, I I was a big Inspector Gadget fan. I of the cartoon, uh, and I used to watch like the Christmas special of Gadget Saves Christmas and 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 all that. Uh, watched it every year. Used to dress up as Inspector Gadget with the trench coat, with umbrellas and boxing gloves on broomsticks and things like that. It was the same trench coat I used to dress up as Uncle Fester. So you know, uh, this very versatile costume piece, but. My strongest tie mm-hmm. to this movie. Mm-hmm. I'm loving it, Grayson. The McDonald's toy line. Yes! The McDonald's toy line for the Inspector Gadget movie uh. is still the greatest collection of fast food toys to literally ever be assembled. It is one of the... like. I looked this up on Etsy. Like As soon as we said that we were going to review this movie, I said, let me just see if this is available to purchase. Um, it is on Etsy. It is available to purchase uh, for just a small pricing of $40. Uh, it will be the best $40 you will ever spend. Because I easily spent two hundred trying to uh, trying to get the right combination of Happy Meals to collect all these. So for those who don't know what we're talking about, uh, I still have mine. Well, my parents still have mine in their house. Um, I don't think they're ever going to let it go because of how much we went to McDonald's that summer. Um, but what this toy was was they took the different body parts of Inspector Gadget. And like that, an arm and a leg and a torso and a hat and all that. Um, and I think there were eight total or something like that. There were quite a few. Each one was its own standalone toy, but then would connect together to make the body of Inspector Gadget. So you'd have an arm that was like an extendo arm. You would have like a leg that was also a wrench uh, mm-hmm. or, a, or like pliers. Um, I remember the hat was just like a spinny helicopter hat. Uh, the breastplate, like this front of his torso would come off. Yeah, it's to, like a, it's supposed to be like, like a, a little phone. cell phone. Yeah, a little and communicator thing. A watch that just doubled as a belt. Oh, yeah, the watch. Yeah, I forgot about that. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, there was the watch. You could like press his head down and it would make sparks inside of his chest. Uh, I think there was a flashlight in there. It was incredible. Yes. It was absolutely incredible. And uh, yeah, it became my life's mission to uh, as a as a youngster i guess i would have been um, 11 when this came out yeah as as an 11 year old i had to have this and um and i did uh, much to the the steadfast patience of my parents and i i still i like every time i see a mcdonald's toy line i look at it and go oh, well, i guess we're all just fighting for second place cuz <laughs> It will not be beat. It no. is it is uh, pretty incredible. So to me, Inspector Gadget uh, is really tied up in, in that memory. Uh, and yeah, that, that's how you do it. Oh, yeah, for sure. Now, my, my biggest tie to Inspector Gadget, Grayson, um, is a lot. Um, it's very similar, except I... I've loved movies my whole life, Grayson, um, sure. and and very few movies have this coveted position um, in my childhood bedroom. Um, but when the movie 
even before the movie originally came out, um, I went to a movie theater that gave out promotional posters for movies before they were released. And when I saw that they were doing an Inspector Gadget movie, I was so excited to the point where to this day, the poster hanging above my bed, like centered literally right above my bed is the poster for Inspector Gadget with Matthew Broderick and Rupert Everett (laughs) just watching over my dreams at night. Oh, such a pure hearted child. I, I loved Inspector Gadget so much. Like the, the show, the action figures. I mean, every, like I watched every iteration because I, I could, because to me it was a lot like the Scooby-Doo franchise where, um, I knew that there I was just watching basically the same episodes every episode, but I just loved the mystery and trying to figure out, like, solve the mystery, like, find the clues. And Inspector Gadget just being so incredibly uh, incapable of actually doing anything right. I just thought that was really great. Mm -hmm. And when the movie came out, I'm trying to remember, like, where this fell into place for me, but... I don't think I really liked it. I I actually <laughs> didn't really like this movie the first time I watched it because you're like a purist with the cartoon. I was such a purist. I think it was actually the first uh, the first property to be quote unquote ruined for me. Um, <laughs> uh, I just didn't the have the vocabulary <laughs> at the yeah. time because uh-huh. I, I just remember the feeling. I remember when we were watching. I'm like, oh, I'm not gonna like this. Unfortunately, but spoiler alert. Rewatching, I was like, I get it. I get what they were doing because the thing that I had problem with were some of the slapsticky things they were doing, like the mm-hmm. toothpaste thing. That's the thing that I I was so upset about. I'm like, in what situation would they ever put that much toothpaste in a official police human? I'm just like, it doesn't make sense. I'm upset. No, that's not. And how, how it do they go. refill it? That's what I was wondering watching this. Is like, how do anything that he uses? How does he get restocked on that? Yeah, and and they they like they had like a Pez dispenser. Anyway, mm-hmm. when I first watched this movie, I was very upset with it um, for just being different, basically. Um, but uh, much like this movie, uh, I really did uh, find the heart at the center of this machine. But yeah, Inspector Gadget was one of my favorite properties, and to the to the point where. The action figure line, the original action figure line, they actually came out with a bunch of different Inspector Gadgets that all had a uh, different ability. The one I had, he had a, um, not a helicopter, um, but I want to say it was the, one of his arms, just a random arm popped out because it was oh, the yeah. TV uh, accurate gray suit. I think he uh-huh. also had like a black trench coat and a brown trench coat that had cooler gadgets but i'm like no i want the one from the tv show uh got it yeah yeah my toy was a foot tall and came with five thousand french fries so uh <laughs> it's kind of hard to beat that it really is know. hard to beat yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah inspector gadget was really uh, an interesting fixture in the 90s or not not only the 90s but also the 80s because um it had international appeal um, and it had that syndication popularity where like you saw it everywhere and mm-hmm. so many people knew the theme song. And um, I also think that just spy shows in the 80s and 90s were really popular and people really oh, liked yeah. the idea of themselves being 
uh, spies or like having secret. Like I, I can't tell you how often I've used the pinky to thumb uh, cell phone uh, uh device to pretend like i'm talking on the phone and pretended that i was inspector gadget that's what he did yeah see i i uh i used to do similar things but i would imitate don adams and use the get smart shoe as as a phone and look at that um, because as we established in the adams family episode i'm 85 years old <laughs> ah hey fellow youths you're talking about get smart <laughs> no inspector gadget What's that? Ha huh, ha! Huh. Interesting. Interesting. That was huh. really good. That was, yeah. Oh, thanks. That was good. Yeah. Which, speaking of Don Adams, love the Easter egg at the in the post credit sequence of Brain having the voice of Don Adams. I thought that was uh, that was real sweet, real sweet, kind of up style. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's a very sweet movie. Um, mm-hmm. And the only thing I wish that they did more of is instead of having the love interest. Um, they focus more on Penny uh, because Penny was such a huge part of the cartoon show and she was really sidelined for most of this movie and I think that it would have been fun to have them adapt that relationship a little bit um, more strongly like my my, um, I mean I'm jumping segments but if, if I were to redo it it would be like Penny saying come on Uncle Gadget like we, we've studied this stuff together. Like, I know as much as you do, and you should be able to take these tests better. He's like, yeah, but I have a hard time making decisions, and that's how he doesn't know what gadgets to use. And then we see Penny solve this mystery side by side. Um, and also, I would have wanted them to have a mystery in there because, like, we already knew Dr. Claw did everything. Um, <laughs> yeah. And we already saw Dr. Claw, and he was more prominent. But, like, let's have, like, another mystery at bay. Like, let's see what Dr. Claw's plan for um his own version of gadget being other than him explicitly telling you um hey i it's to do bad guy things He's like got it like i think that that would have been fun for me i think that's the only thing i'd change really because um as it stands um it's re- it, it's surprisingly a fun movie and and i and i wasn't expecting myself to uh give it as much credit as i am today how about that yahoo jingle <laughs> Because we're reviewing Inspector Gadget, I have always wondered this, uh, and I'll ask you, Grayson, um, yeah. if you could have a gadget, what would you want your gadget, like a, a go-go gadget that you could just call to existence, and it, it would only be one gadget, what would it be? Go-go gadget Big Mac would be pretty great. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'd just survive on that. <laughs> That's really good. It's very similar to like, a, oh, what would you bring to a desert? I was like, uh, a rescue boat. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I like it though. It's just like, hey, uh, strapped on a straight island. Like, go go gadget, big bat. I love it. I think my big go go gadget. Um, I I mean, so much technology has just you know marched forward that uh, a lot of things it would just be mostly inquiries. It's like mm-hmm. it'd be like go go gadget. Hey, who was that one actor in that movie? <laughs> like that would be. So you would have Alexa. I would uh, have Alexa. Uh, yeah, yeah. That that. That would be it for me. But if I were to be like, you know, the proper inspector gadget, I'd probably have go, go gadget head cannon. Head cannon. Head cannon is a part of the show. We share with you unique ideas about the movie and untold stories based on evidence provided by the film. Uh, I'm actually going to share with you a piece of head cannon uh, that a lot of fans from the show had about inspector gadget. I think this is 
mind blowing and it's really good. And this was mm-hmm. actually before the 1992 toy line was released with actual artwork of Dr. Claw and what Dr. Claw actually looked like. But there was a headcanon that was floating around that Dr. Claw and Inspector Gadget were the same person. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, according to one Inspector Gadget theory, Dr. Claw was a human detective who was the victim of an explosion and as a result, uh, presumed dead. Penny recreated her uncle as Inspector Gadget, while her real uncle became Dr. Claw. A still living but horribly disfigured man. Uh, yeah. This explained why Penny was never harmed. Um, but you know, after the trading card revealed, you know, the actual story of like Inspector Gadget's backstory and the unveiling of Claw's face, the idea mm-hmm. stopped making sense. But I love that idea. Like I think yeah, that if yeah. they were to remake Inspector Gadget, like that's the storyline. Like. He, he is his own worst enemy uh, and I uh, I just think that that would be really good I love that yeah I think the only the only flaw in that is that Claw is a cat person and Inspector <laughs> Gadget's a dog person I just don't see how you can justify that uh, yeah I so I, I thought of that that, that Claw might be uh, Inspector Gadget, but I thought it was like a future version of Inspector Gadget oh, or a, yeah. like a different make, kind of like um, some of the ideas they toy with on uh, Doctor Who. Uh, just the idea of that, like right. the way in the future, the Doctor is going to become like the ultimate villain mm-hmm. that he's kind of fighting against. So um, I thought it was that maybe kind of idea and that going more back to the cartoons, like why his voice is, is so garbled most of the time, why, why you never see his face, obviously, but then right. why he is also part mechanical. Um, yeah. And so Claw then becomes in some ways a hero because he's basically loopering himself where he's like, I'm going to destroy the past version of Inspector Gadget to keep him from becoming what I have become. Um, so I think his code deep down is trying to prevent all the evil things that he has been responsible for by closing the loop. Wow. Um, That's solid. So yeah, I, I'm totally on board with that head cannon. Um, past that, I didn't really have anything super (laughs) solid other than, uh, some cameo head cannon, uh, which would be that, uh, Michelle Trachtenberg is Harriet the Spy from right. Harriet the Spy, which is why D.L. Hughley says, finally, there's a detective in the house. <laughs> You're ah. in a car. Um, and then uh, they kind of set up their own headcanon at the end with the kind of henchmen support group uh, <sighs> where they have, uh, I mean, I love the <laughs> the way that they're listed. So instead of being like Jaws from James Bond, he's Famous big guy with silver teeth, and yes. you have like famous villain with deadly hat. Yes. Famous identifier. <laughs> oh, this is my favorite. Famous identifier of seaplanes. Uh, <laughs> and so you have all of these these different henchmen that kind of yes. connect out to the other universes. And, and just straight uh, up, yeah. Mister T. And Mister T. Yeah, not <laughs> not as anything else. Just Mister T as himself. I would literally watch an entire movie just following henchmen. I think that that would be so. <laughs> fascinating like that let's just take the minion support group and just make Mm -hmm. that its own movie and then there's one line uh it's it's meant to be another self-referential fourth wall throwaway but i think you could connect it and it's when bad gadget is terrorizing the city uh and making it 
with his shadow puppets making it look like this giant <laughs> dinosaur. Yeah. And then the guy says, this is why I left Tokyo. I, Matthew Broderick was in Godzilla the year before this. Yes. Um, so maybe it's him. Um, <laughs> but, but then finally, um, since we just reviewed Adam's family, my, my headcanon is that Thing is actually one of uh, Kramer's escaped hand options for Claw, uh, where you had opera mm. hand sushi hand medieval hand and then uh you could have creepy hand or whatever yeah uh and that's how he is uh so functional wow um he just was like i'm getting out of here and, and then just practically speaking uh you know all-star connects this to the all-star universe <laughs> so it's in every it's in the same universe as every film that uses all-star yes. like mystery men mm-hmm. shrek rat mm-hmm. race it's it's all it's all the same same yeah. bucket. Oh, I love it. Well, I I think my biggest piece of head canon besides like, you know, the far superior fan canon uh from, you know, days of yore, I I think that the the reason they the justification for all those like other random goofy things that they had like installed into Inspector Gadget was that you know, very similar to how like Captain America when he first actually they're like, okay, great, you're a super soldier. Like, what are we going to use you for? War? Nah, we're going to use you for propaganda. <laughs> so yeah. that Inspector Gadget was actually um, a test pilot program for the Scruff McGruff, um, like, crime dog. Like, basically <laughs> to, like, use him as, like, a mascot more so than, like, an actual detective. That's why most of his stuff is non-lethal. Um, uh, that's why Claw puts in all those super, like, terrible, like, sharpie weaponizing stuff whereas mm-hmm. uh you know i think inspector gadget was meant to be a like an instructional tool like it's like hey kids if you're ever in a fire here's how you put out things like they they wouldn't give him oil slicks because like that's a fire hazard we'll give him a toothpaste and yeah, it's like hey, remember kids. to brush your teeth a hundred times a day <laughs> or since we've established that this is in the same universe as mystery men because of the use of all-star maybe one of the lead scientists on the project was dr heller who oh. only specializes in non-lethal weapons yes yeah very nice i like that there we go. Now we can sleep at night. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> now we're going to go into the part of the show where we like to talk about recast and remakes. Recast. Remake. Go, go, gadget remake. If this movie were to be remade today, who would you cast? What would the storyline be? Um, I am going to uh, pull from the actual Get Smart reboot. I really hmm. think that Steve Carell would yeah. be an impeccable Inspector Gadget. Um, for sure i i just love his um i think he would deliver it straight uh very well and um and it's uh inspector gadget is very lovable and likable uh and so i i think that that's steve carell's charm is that even though michael scott in the office is so incapable of actually doing his job well or at the very least he is good at his job but he's terrible to work with um i think that steve carell could deliver that uh and kind of flip it where um he's very great to get along with but he's terrible at his job uh as inspector gadget i think that that would be a really fun film series and i would love it if they um they didn't do they i'm not 
without saying like I want a dark and gritty reboot of Inspector Gadget, but just like I would love for them to take it a little bit more seriously, um, and also for the comedy to be more on the, the the idea that he has artificial intelligence in his body and programming that is smarter than him, and that's what leads to a lot of the comedy where he's like, okay, great. Uh, go, 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 gadget legs, and then the springs launch because that's what he should be doing, kind of thing. Or, um, I remember there's one cartoon where he he doesn't see a shark behind him and he sees uh, this bad guy in front of him. He's like, okay, go, go, gadget boxing glove, and then like a giant mallet pops out from his head and hits the shark behind him. He's not even aware of it, but it just automatically uh, mm. that was something that I really liked and appreciated from the original series that I think would be fun to play with now um, if Steve Carell is too busy Robert Downey Jr um, oh, I heard yeah. his schedules opened um, <laughs> for at least the next phase or two or three um, so I think that he would be a really fun uh, inspector gadget because uh, I would just love to see evidence that inspector gadget has a heart I would also love to just see Matthew Broderick reprise his role of Inspector Gadget and do this Logan style, uh, <laughs> where because he is mechanical, everyone else that he loved has passed away. He's going to live forever. He's, he's a machine. Oh, uh, it's just called Gadget. I gadget. love that. <laughs> the, the Earth is a wasteland at this point, and what it would actually be is uh, uh, it would create this new cinematic universe where it's all of these classic Saturday morning after school cartoons that are loosely <laughs> woven together and after we follow Gadget through this uh, post-apocalyptic wasteland, he discovers uh, five friends, the only ones that can put Earth back on course and it's the Captain Planet crossover yeah! So that that's how I would do that thing. Um, and people would have questions. For a, a full-on recasting of this script, I just had that you would recast it person for person with the Captain America First Avenger cast. Yeah. Where, I mean, you do Chris Evans as, as Inspector Gadget. Um, Brenda would be Haley Atwell. The Chief, Chief Quimbley, mm -hmm. would be Tommy Lee Jones. Um, nice. Claw would be Hugo Weaving. Uh, I mean, even even Toby Jones's character having like Arnim Zola, he's very similar to Andy Dick's character right. uh, of Kramer. So there were so many like connections here. You could just recast it that way. Absolutely. Yeah, because I, I, I just really appreciate that tone. And because I love Inspector Gadget so much, I think it having that tone with still, you know, having some humor in it, mm -hmm. um, I, I think that that would you know, set you up for like a, a brand new franchise because because uh, so many people can, um, you know, get on board with uh, solving these different mysteries of the week with um, with this girl with a book computer uh, so far ahead of her time um, and a dog who was just smarter, both smarter than her highly equipped uh, uncle like doing the job like it's just fun to watch and I think that if you ground those characters like as well as you did like Captain America you can create this whole cinematic universe and see like mm -hmm. what could be at stake and 
make it so that you never actually see Dr. Claw. That would be my only thing is that mm-hmm. we pull him out of retirement. The actor who played Thing, get him back. Christopher Hart, have we got a role for you? Christopher Hart, hear me out. What if you had one job? He's like, go on. All right, now we're going to go into our final segment where we give you our reasons to recommend. So, Grayson, why would you recommend the 1999 movie Inspector Gadget? So, I recommend Inspector Gadget because it really is a cartoon brought to life. Um, It deviates from the source material in some ways, but it's able to, uh, I feel like, capture the spirit of the characters. Um, And ultimately, it's about heart. And it's about when a hero is given the right resources to unleash their inner heroism. Mm -hmm. And I I think that's a really attractive story. Uh, We said it a few times, but it is like Captain America, where even without the accident, John Brown would have been the perfect candidate to become Inspector Gadget. And I I think at its core, that's what it's about. It's it's about more than the machines. It's about, you know, who he is uh, on the inside as a person and I think that comes through. Also, just watching it uh, in, in 2019, you know, as opposed to 1999, uh, now rewatching it, I recommend it because it's, it's just soaked in nostalgia um, in, in all the right ways. And it has the references to the cartoons and it expects you to be a fan, which is really nice um, rather than being an adaptation that wants to be so accessible that it leaves fans in this weird middle ground. Like, this is for fans, even though it, it does deviate in certain aspects. So if you're a fan of the Inspector Gadget cartoon and uh, you didn't get around to seeing this, I recommend it. It's fun. It's, uh, it's family friendly. Uh, it's going to be on Disney+. Plus, uh, but it is ultimately just a really nice, tight story about uh, someone who's given the opportunity to do good. So um, that's why I recommend Inspector Gadget. Absolutely. Yeah, I would recommend uh, the live action Inspector Gadget, especially if you, like myself, um, have a poster of Matthew Broderick and Rupert Everett in your childhood bedroom. It's not even an Inspector Gadget poster. (laughs) It's just the two of them. Made it yourself. (laughs) I had a vision. Um, But yeah, I think that this movie definitely is worth giving a second chance. This movie really shows you um, what it really takes to make a hero. Um, Even without all of the gadgets, um, I keep on wanting to call him Gadget because that's who he is in my heart. Um, Mr. Gadget. But John Brown wanted to be a hero. Like he's daydreaming about saving people um, and being adored by Many, including the the girl who he has a crush on, or this is a town. Like he he wants to be more um, than who he is, and even when he does have all of the equipment and technology, uh, he still desires to do more and to do right. And I think that's what it takes to make a hero. And and ultimately, Inspector Gadget really lets you know that if the machines are rising up like Inspector Gadget. I, for one, welcome our robotic overlords. (laughs) Yeah! (laughs) And that is our review of the 1999 live-action movie Inspector Gadget. Let us know what you remember about Inspector Gadget on our social media. You can just search Go Go Gadget. Uh, Flashback Flicks on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. 
And it would mean a lot to us if you could leave us a rating and review on your podcasting platform of choice. It lets people know that we are the place to go, go gadget and nice. get some go, go movie reviews. So it's like on a scale of uh, I'll get you next time to Wowzer. Oh, that's I, good. I really, yeah. yeah. Yeah, one star is, ah, I'll get you next time. <laughs> Which is really is how like, Claw, I feel like, should have delivered it at the end of every I'll episode. I'll get you next time. Ah, I'll get you next time. You, you got me. You I'll got me, next, Gadget. I'll get you next time. Oh, good sport. And be sure to tune in next time right here on the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. Until then, remember to be kind and rewind. Next time on the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. All right, Grayson. Next time. I'm really excited. We. Oh, oh that, sound, that looked painful. Oh, I, I hit my shin. Oh, man. Oh, no. My shin is like ringing. It's like a shinning. The shinning? <laughs> is that what the movie's called? Yep. Stephen King's The Shinning. I'm going to go get some ice. Oh, that, that actually kind of works. <laughs>